Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your host, Lisa Drennan, author of Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life. Be sure to download your free ebook at lisadrennan.com. Welcome to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, Energetic Mindset Mentor, and today we are going to be hearing a healing journey story from the, look at I'm stuttering already, and that's okay because I don't do retakes. You all know this. My audience knows this. Sometimes I stutter. I'm like, Moses, where's Aaron? Um, but today we have the beautiful Marin Laco with us who just recently published her first book, which is so amazing. Um, and she's going to tell us more about that. Um, but I just want to share with you that this episode is going to be an incredible healing journey story, as are all the other episodes. And if you're listening and this resonates with you, I want to let you know just to be sure to share it because there's somebody who needs to hear this story And if you don't share it, you're preventing that from happening. So please be sure to share it. So thank you so much, Marion, for taking the time to be here to share your beautiful story with us. So tell us, tell us more about yourself. Where did, where did you start off? What was your darkest moment? How did you get there? Yes. Thank you so much for the introduction. And I will do a name correction, Marin Lauka. It's a unique one to pronounce. Yes, <laughs> um, thank you. But I, I used to not do that. And I, I don't no, really mind, but I've heard that others <laughs> prefer I do. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, my name is Marin Lauka. I am a coach, the owner of Yes And, where I empower mainly women, though I have some men on board as well, to align their lives in every aspect from business and or some of them are working in more traditional jobs to their lifestyle, to their relationships, to be more authentic and true to who they are. And I have been on this journey toward my own alignment, of course, forever, but really intentionally it kind of started with my darkest moment. So that's why this podcast was such a great fit for why I really wanted to have this conversation. Um, and what that dark moment was is in 2012, I was struggling with an eating disorder, which at the time I didn't, um, it took me a while to really name that and to know that that's what was going on. Um, but that was occurring in the realm of dance and dance was my biggest passion. And so it was really felt muddy to me because it was my, my passion. I would do anything for it, even to the point of mental illness. And I can take myself back to one specific moment in time, which is I was at the time at the university of Colorado Boulder as a dance major. And I was backstage at our um, Christmas time show, ready to go on for my number to dance on stage. And I had a total breakdown. I cried. I was scared to be in my own skin, to be on stage. I felt bad because I wasn't nourishing my body in the way that it deserved to be and needed to be nourished, nourished, especially as, as a dancer, someone who was moving all the time. And in that moment, in the lockers and and my friends who didn't know anything was going on were confused and trying to support me backstage. 
I thought if, if this is taking the thing that I'm most passionate about away from me, I need to get honest about what's going on and find a solution because if dance is being sacrificed here, which at the time that was kind of my tunnel vision of this, this is my main focus. This is what I, what I really want to be doing always. If that is even being sacrificed, then I can only imagine what else is being sacrificed here. My relationships, my health, everything else that I was turning a blind eye to, um, and, and decided in that moment, I, I need to make a change. And of course it took a, a while after that, beyond that one day to make a change. Um, but that was the the darkest moment and the beginning of the lightest moments <laughs> to come. Wow. Yeah. That I can definitely see that, especially if you're a dancer, my daughter was a dancer and there's so much dedication and commitment that you have to do to take care of yourself, both physically and emotionally to be able to do that. So when you, um, you know, you would, you had shared in your, um, in the form that I had to fill out about, you just wanted to be happy. So what, can you expand on that a little bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is something that I, I share too. And this is on my website too, of, of my story here. I start with that phrase. I just wanted to be happy. Don't we all? Because I hear so many of my clients and, and peers and family members and friends around me. It seems to be that we're pursuing this happiness. And I absolutely resonate with that and, and wanted to be that way too. And in that realm of dance and at that specific time that I explained um, with that first question, I thought dance would lead to my happiness. That's what I had linked in my mind. If I pursue, I was told, you know, if you pursue a career that's like your hobby or something you enjoy, you'll never work a day in your life. And I thought never working a day in my life would be happiness. And so that's what I was going toward. Um, but had because of such that what I referred to as tunnel vision of this is the only way that will lead to my happiness or this even equals happiness, that belief was so central and strong and um, unquestioned that it led to definitely the opposite of happiness that led to illness and that led to a lot of darkness. And so it's, it's this reality check of what do we mean when we say, I just want to be happy. And what did I mean at that time when I said, I just want to be happy, or I'm doing this for the sake of happiness without adding a little bit of critical thinking in space to say, but am I happy right now? Is the journey to get there happiness? Um, and then even asking ourselves, and I, I talk about this a lot as a positive psychology scholar, that happiness is oftentimes, um, especially in Western society, this idea of elation and joy and outward energy. And that's not necessarily always what we're wanting 100% of the time. And so even questioning the pursuit of happiness in the first place, not to dismiss it, but to add some more nuance to, to the entire package that was explained. Yeah, absolutely. And there, I had interviewed a happy coach, um, like one of the first episodes of this podcast, and it was all about happiness. And it doesn't matter how old you are. And I remember growing up, my dad used to say, you know, like we talk about careers and what do you want to do? And he's like, you need to do whatever makes you happy. And I was just like, I don't know what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I loved filling out forms. So I, I got a job filling out forms, <laughs> you know, it, it made me happy. But yeah, you're so right when you say you didn't want it to be like work, you know, mm-hmm. you, and that's when you're truly following your passion, it doesn't feel like work you want to do it and you want to fill it. So is that how you got into the psychology fields? That's, that's your, 
your jam, so to speak? Yes. I use that phrase too all the time. That's my jam. Um, yes and no. I So like I said, I started as a dancer, realized that that at least career path wasn't going to be healthy and best for me. And so then I was kind of in limbo for a while. And I was in this space of what do I want to do? I tried on to just follow in my parents' footsteps to do what my dad does and become a doctor, go down that path and got into chemistry and decided that's not for me either. <laughs> and then I found... Yeah, that I found psychology and was really interested in it. Um, but to your point that you brought up earlier, I think it's, I want to highlight this because it's so important. And I see this in my clients a lot of the time is the pressure that also comes from questions like, do what makes you happy. And your response at one time, at least was, well, I don't, I don't really know what makes me happy. And that's kind of what, where I was between majors and in that season of life of figuring out what I wanted to do before I found. And even as I was finding psychology, I didn't really know what made me happy or what the purpose was or what my gold star would be like where I was headed, that feeling of not having a direction. And I was just taking my best guess. My best guess is that this is the class that excites me the most out of all the classes. So that's mm-hmm. <laughs> going to be my major. I'll take more classes like this. And that's what I do with a cl- my clients a lot, of, a lot of the time to alleviate that pressure, whether it's, you know, we're trying to find our purpose or meaning or happiness to say, what's your best guess in this moment? What do you know right now that at least sparks your curiosity, that's the place to start and that will build and grow. And that's what happened for me and psychology. That's awesome. I love that. I use tunnel vision all the time. I actually have some merchandise at merchmartstore.com with the t-shirts and coffee cup. I think that's got tunnel vision on there because it is, um, I mean, coaching, mentoring, or teaching in some form since 1994. And I always would tell you know, whoever I was training, just tunnel vision, you know, just mm. focus on that one thing, you know, if you could just picture it as tunnel vision. So I, I like that you used that, that resonated with me as well. So you had your first pivotal moment in December of 2012. What was that like? Yes, that was that, that realization that something needs to change that moment in the locker room, noticing that the thing I was most passionate about, the thing I thought I was pursuing for, for happiness was actually inadvertently leading me to a place of a lot of darkness. And after that moment is when I finally called my parents and said, there's something wrong. I need support here. They were, of course, 1000% in to get me all the support that I needed. Um, and we've had a lot of conversations. They felt kind of guilty that they hadn't seen this coming or they didn't know, which is not their fault at all. Um, but we worked through that as a family. Actually, I think grew stronger as a family that moment. And I actually really switched gears pretty quickly. Um, especially when I look back in hindsight, it only took about even a few weeks for myself to start feeling more like myself again, whole and taking care of myself in the way that was nourishing and supportive. I continued to see um, therapists for a while after that, for about two years, just to keep that momentum going toward a happier, healthier, um, more well-rounded view of health. And that was also when I started entering psychology. So I was learning kind of the back end of all of it. And that was also when I then got introduced to life coaching because therapy only took me so far. I was healed from that place of illness, but then I was thinking, what's, what's next? Where's my next direction? Or what do I do now with this healthier me? And I didn't have those answers, at least for me, those didn't come through in therapy. So that's when I found coaching and coaching was this amazing 
amazing outlet to have a vision to create my understanding of what I want, what my values are, what my interests and strengths are, and then to create a real tangible plan that I could create for myself and hold true with my coach in a way that aligned not only with that vision, with that goal, but with aligned with my own uh, strengths along the way. So the journey was also aligned. And that's, like I said earlier, a part that was really missing in that previous darker season of life. Yeah, absolutely. Coaches and therapists are so different from one another. And I know I I went through similar. I was in counseling from 2018 through uh, 2000, what years is 2021, probably 2018. In about 2014, I connected with a coach mentor. Um, I call her a mentor because she really stood by me, um, was available to me in some of my darkest moments and helped me work through those. And, you know, in comparison to a therapist, which they're fantastic, I mean, they get to the surface, but there's always that, I call it the seven layer deep, you know, there's always that more. And it's almost like they can't go there. Or I don't know why there was a block, but the mentor um, was able to really help me and, and ask me questions just to really push me. Did you have that same experience? Yeah. And I often get the same question of what's the difference between coaching and therapy, um, again, myself as a coach and how I explain it. Of course, everyone is welcome to chime in. I'm always interested to hear other people's experiences in my own experience and my experience with many of my clients who have both myself and a therapist on their team is therapists often help us to heal from the past, to work with mental illness um, and come to this place of neutrality, of contentment, of good. And then coach in my experience yes, digs deeper into the past and everything that has created our present moment. All of that for sure is is intertwined and comes up in sessions, um, both when I'm a client and when I'm coaching others and, and takes us forward. So helps us clarify the vision, the goals, the um, reasons why to take us to that next level, that next step, that next season of life. So there's more of that forward momentum, again, at least in my experience with coaching mm-hmm. and therapy is more of that healing process. And like you highlight, both are really, really amazing forms of support. And it's just a matter of us checking in with what feels best or would be most supportive for me at this time. Or maybe I want to balance both like some of my clients Mm -hmm. do. Yeah, absolutely. And you definitely have to explore and test. I mean, Mm -hmm. sometimes you start off with therapy and the therapist will say, you know, maybe you need a, you know, a coach that'll help you with this specific area. I know for me, there were specific areas that weren't getting healed and I was turning to unhealthy coping mechanisms. So in, in, in my SOAR program, seeking our authentic um, route to our highest potential, we address that mindset is so important to our healing and processing things. You know, a lot of times we stuff things and they come out, may manifest themselves physically. And people don't realize that that physical pain has a lot to do with their thoughts and what they experience, what they're hiding from, what they're refusing to visit. What's your take on that? Yes, yes, yes. I'm nodding along and also having flashbacks to a dinner conversation I had with my family just last night. We were talking about the placebo effect and how incredible the placebo effect is. In some studies, the placebo effect has equal, if not greater impact than the treatment of whatever that certain experiment exploration is covering. And there's a lot, of course, we could we could take that in many different ways, but to focus in on that placebo specifically and say the power of the mind. If we believe something, oftentimes we can maybe not, maybe I don't want to use the word oftentimes, but 
to give ourselves credit that we have power that sometimes we limit from ourselves or just don't even know to tap into. And that is the power of the mind. And I think the placebo effect is a great way to turn, a great place to turn to just see how plausible it is, especially for those who are just getting into the mindset, um, law of attraction, manifestation type of conversations um, to start in that science space sometimes feels a little more comfortable. So that's why I pointed to the placebo effect. And I think it's a, it's a great indicator of really what's possible using our mind alone. Yeah. And the mind is so incredible. My husband and I were having a conversation about that. I said, well, I read the other day that we only use 1% of our brain. He goes, that's not true. We use more than 1%. We use at least 20%. I go, well, where are the facts? <laughs> you know, if you think about your brain as a computer, you know, and what we tap into and what we don't, it's it's fascinating. It absolutely fascinates me beyond all the things that you you can learn. And, you know, you, you think about um, as a baby, like I have a 10-month-old granddaughter and she just learned how to crawl and, you know, she crawls and she explores and, and she wants to stand up, you know, and she doesn't even have to think, she has to think about standing up because she doesn't know how to yet, but she's figuring it out. And it's so mm-hmm. amazing to watch her mind work to figure out, okay, if I go over here and crawl to grandma, I can use her to climb up and stand up. And I just, it's just fascinating to me how it all like just works together and, it's incredible. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, so you got into the coaching because it helped you so well. And then you wrote the book. What inspired you to write the book? And what's the book title again? Yes. The book is ready enough. I actually have it right here. Ready enough. It's called your seven step guide for life's hardest decisions. And the book I've always known I wanted to write a book of sorts. Um, but of course I wanted it to be impactful and to be really practical in nature. That tends to be my coaching approach as well. I, I love the action. I love, of course, the reflecting and the intentionality that gets us to that action to ensure that the action is actually aligned with what my clients and myself when I'm in the client space want to be doing. Um, but that implementation piece. And then the, after the implementation piece is really important to me as well. And I think we often miss. So once we take, for instance, a courageous step toward a decision, we make that clear decision of something that feels really big. Sometimes we think that's the end of the work when actually there are so many steps after that. So I have the seven step process and it starts by just creating space, hearing clarity on what's going on right now in your life. If something feels off, if something feels like you're wanting more or you're wanting something different, just getting a sense of what that is. And I guide you through, again, tangible, really practical practices to help understand and and make that feel a little less of an overwhelming process. And then the next step is clarity, experiencing um, clarity about what is happening around you. So not just that internal experience, but also getting your grips on, on what's going on around you, what got you to this point. And that's kind of this working up to building up to setting your direction. So saying, where do I want to go now that I have all this information, now that I have the clarity, where's, where's my direction forward? Then we take action to go toward that direction. And sometimes that's one step. Sometimes that's a full sprint to the other side of the metaphorical forest or whatever works for you. I have some metaphors built into the book as well. Um, and then, like I said, it's not just about setting the direction and taking action. I have steps after that that are called riding the wave. So being with the decision and on the other side of that decision, all the after effects, the intentional, the unintentional, the surprising, the exciting, all the feelings, the heartbreak that can be on the other side of um, decisions, and then celebrating yourself, which is often something that we miss. How do we celebrate the decisions that we make? 
celebrate the changes that have come from those decisions in our life. And then the last step is to begin again, to do the process over and over and over again. And that's the good news. That means that you don't just have one shot and that's it. And that's your life. It means that that can be something that you implement this process over and over again um, and strengthen that muscle of decision-making and specifically authentic decision-making to create a life that really feels true for you. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. And it's so important to be true to yourself and to create that space so that you can learn and grow. And it is a daily decision. And you know, sometimes it's not easy. It's not easy, you know, making that choice because we get so familiar with the routine, with you know what we're used to, and to break away from that, it's almost like we have this battle of the mind that says, "No, you're doing something different." And you're sometimes you don't get the support from your family, you know, especially if you're in a toxic environment. All of a sudden, you start doing something differently, and they're no, no, I want the old person back, you know. And then you're like, you know, you have to get over that that hill, and it's it's a very so to have support from a coach. And, you know, to have these tools and implementing them and just to know your why is so important and so valuable to begin that daily healing journey. So I love that. And we can get your book on Amazon. Yes, on Amazon. And it should be in local bookstores um, pretty soon. I love to support local businesses. So I'm getting those into as many local stores as I can. Oh, awesome. I love that. And if you could give one piece of advice to somebody that has a similar story of yours, what would that advice be? It takes so much courage to even just tell ourselves, admit to ourselves what's going on. And the amount of courage it takes and taking myself back to the first moment that I shared at the beginning of this interview, um, that moment in the locker room, all I could do in that moment was just say something's off. That's really all I had the bandwidth for. And that's what I then eventually built up the courage to tell my parents, something's off. I need help. I need some sort of support. And so what I encourage anyone who's in a a situation like that is to just find the smallest step that feels like progress and start there. You can always take another step. Um, What I found find with myself and my clients is that if we pressure ourselves to do the big thing first, we actually, we never do it. We never change. Mm -hmm. So start with the little thing, start there. And, and then like we've been talking about this entire conversation to one step at a time. Um, So find the support systems, whether that's yourself, whether that's a coach, whether that is friends or family that you can really trust to continue taking those steps forward and celebrate along the way, because you'll find after a few of those steps, even after one of those steps, you'll be able to look back. You'll be able to reflect and say, oh my gosh, how far I've come and how amazing this life is now and how much better it feels because I have prioritized myself. I've listened to my gut. I've listened to my instincts and my health and my well-being, and I've taken action in alignment with those things. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And um, to our listeners out there, check the description. You'll be able to um, get a copy of the book. Um, there's a, the chapter, the first chapter is free. Um, you can connect through uh, the website. However, reach out if you know somebody um, who's looking for coaching services um, with this type of modality, please share this. And remember, it's a choice. And once you speak, you know, that choice, I need help. Speaking it out loud is so powerful and it is the beginning of the healing journey. Writing it down, speaking it out loud is really going to help you begin that journey. You're not alone. You don't have to be stuck. 
there is help, just speak out and ask for it. And remember, it's all a matter of the heart. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing your time with us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside a Matter of the Heart. I am so glad that you were here today and love your support and your encouragement. Please comment. Let me know what resonated the most with you from today's special guest. And if you'd like to learn more about my signature program, SOAR, Seeking Our Authentic Route to Our Highest Potential, I would love to connect with you to see if it's a good fit. In SOAR, I help Christian female entrepreneurs authentically align their passion with their purpose to connect with their soulmate client confidently and be able to scale or launch to six figures. Have you pictured yourself as a six-figure entrepreneur? If not, I can help you live your dream instead of chasing it. Visit me at lisadrennan.com or send me an email and let's connect. Let's see if it's a good fit for you. Thank you again for joining today. I would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast, provide a review, and if you know anyone that this message would resonate with, please share it.